0: We believe that upon sincere repentance, godly sorrow for sin, and wholehearted acceptance of the Lord Jesus Christ, they who call upon him may be justified by faith through his precious blood, and that in place of condemnation they may have the most blessed peace, assurance, and favor with God, that with open arms of mercy and pardon the Savior waits to receive each penitent who will in unfeigned contrition and supplication for mercy open the door of his heart and accept him as
1: Lord and King.
0: Alright. Well, good morning. It's still morning, right? Yes, it is. Just got it. Um, thank you, Jason. Some of those words on there I couldn't even pronounce, to tell you the truth. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, it's really good to be here uh, and, and to be speaking this morning. As, as you know, we have started a series uh, three four, four weeks ago, uh, and it's called, can everybody say it with me? We believe, we believe, um, and this is a great series, and, and I get up here every time and tell you that I'm excited for whatever series that we're in, uh, but I really am excited about this one. I believe that God wants to uh, just clarify some things uh, in our hearts and in our minds and, and bring us to a deeper understanding of, of who he is, uh, who Jesus is, who the Holy Spirit is, and um, just bring us to a deeper understanding so that we know him more so that we would know him more. And, and, and to tell you the truth, uh, um, I really didn't know what I believed um, until I got to Bible school. You see, I, I, I accepted Jesus as, as my Lord and Savior, so I believed in Jesus. I, I knew Jesus. I knew the grace of Jesus, and I knew his, his love for me, and I accepted Jesus into my heart. But but this whole repentance thing and acceptance thing and, and saved by, I mean, all this stuff, like I didn't have a clue about it until I got to Bible college. And so I'm really excited that we're actually preaching this uh, on Sunday morning so that each one of us can come into a deeper understanding of who God is, of who God is. I mean, Pastor Dan said it before, without the, without the really, really bad news, uh, the good news really isn't that good. And it's true. Once you learn what you are saved from, it puts a whole new perspective on your outcome. It really does. It really does. Once you realize and understand what it is that God has done for each one of us in this room, it, it changes the way we look at life. It changes the way we look at, at, at God. It changes the way we look at relationships each and every day of our life. So I'm really excited. And, and, and we've started the first uh, week we did the fall of man uh, right here, the fall of man. And then, and then the second week we did the plan of redemption Right there. I just did this last service too and I still can't find them. Uh, I'm really good. Planet Redemption. And then the third week we did... Uh, Dan, thank you. I should have sat by you. I wish you were like around like when I was in high school or something. You know, to tell me... Tell me what. <laughs> <laughs> Salvation through grace. Um, and so this week we're in our, our fourth week and, and we're talking about repentance and acceptance. And I'm excited. Because I got some good news for us today. I got some good news for us today. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we love you and we thank you. God, I thank you that, uh, that you are working on hearts right now, even in this moment. And I ask that today, that, it, uh, that, that your Holy Spirit would just speak to us, open our eyes, open our ears to what it is you want us to hear and learn and do, and then God, give us a faith and a boldness to walk out the calling that you've given us. It's not always easy, it's not always pretty, but Lord Jesus, that we might stay faithful to what it is you've called us to do. I thank you for it here this morning. Holy Spirit, now come and minister to your people. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So, so I told you a little bit about when I went to Bible college, I really started figuring out like what this whole thing was about, right? Like, I understood Jesus and, and the main part of it. But when I went to Bible college, I, I, I really started figuring uh, out some of the other stuff. And, and, and repentance uh, is one of those Christian words that just kind of gets thrown around, right? I mean, I grew up in a preacher's home, okay? My dad, my dad was a pastor, and so we were at church all the time. All the time we were at church. Um, I, like, I was born on a Wednesday and on Sunday morning, the next Sunday morning, I was at church. I even got saved that Sunday morning. No, I really didn't. Y'all didn't laugh as hard as the first, con- first service. Um, um, but, but no, seriously, we were always at church. And, and, and to top it all off, um, I went to a Christian school that was connected to the church. So I'm at church Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I wasn't there unless we were cleaning the church. So we were at church all the time. But when when you're around church that much, you, you kind of pick up on the lingo, the words, different words. And repentance was one of these words repent. And I could use these words in a sentence, and it would make sense to you. But then you would ask me to define it, and I wouldn't have a clue. I wouldn't have a clue. You see, I just, I just want to point out the fact that, yeah, it's, it's easy to pick up on the Christian lingo or the, the you, know, you know, the key words here and there. There's a lot of them. And we can use them in sentence, sentences and we sound really, really good, but we can't even define them sometimes. That's where I found myself. And so this morning as we go through this, I hope that, that, um, that, that you would catch an understanding, a revelation of what repentance and acceptance is. You see... Man gives information, but God gives revelation. Man gives information, but God, he's the one that gives revelation. How many of you up for some revelation this morning? I am. Yes, I am. So here's what repent means, okay? This is how we're going to define it. This is how the Bible really defines it. It's a change of mind to turn from sin. And to turn to God. So turning away from sin and turning to God. To running back to God. That is what repent means. To change my mind. I was going this way. I was running for the sin, the the desires, the fleshly desires that I have. And then I decided, I changed my mind and I went back towards God. That is repentance. That is repentance. That we turn around and we run after God when previously we weren't. You see, this is one of the first steps we take as a Christian. We repent. We repent for our selfish and sinful ways, right? We do that at the very beginning of, of, of our new life as a Christian. We repent. Because 1 John 1.9 uh, says this, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness you see repentance isn't a bad thing we should keep it as a priority in our life if we are if we are faithful to confess our sins then he's always faithful and just to forgive us don't you love that about God no no I mean, we need to get the idea here. Don't you love that about God? That, that, that I can make a mistake, and I can really, really blow it, and I can hurt a lot of people along the way. But when I make up my, my, my mind, and, and I say, God, you know, I was going this way, and I was headed for destruction and disaster, and then you came into my life, and I repented of my sins, and now I'm going towards you, and now you have a great future for me. I love that about God. He did that for me in my life. I was headed one way, and he turned me around and I went another I was heading towards a path that was leading to nothing but sin and death and he turned my life around and he said now come with me and I followed that's what each one of us in this room have have to do at some point in our life we have to make that decision you see repentance is not a bad thing it's not a bad thing when I was younger and and I'd hear the word repent I'd always see the Old Testament prophet in my head you know And he'd be standing up there and he'd be saying, repent, repent. Like that was what I felt about repentance. Then I understand it's it's not that. It's not that. It's actually a good thing. I want to tell you a little story to hopefully clarify what repentance is. And so think of a husband and a wife in a car. And the wife tells her husband uh, to turn right at the next intersection. Ladies giving direction, men not listening, all right? Um, Turn right at the next intersection, but by mistake, he turns left. And when he realizes what he had done, he, he looks over to his wife and he says, You know, honey, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I did that. And that's all he does. That's all he says. I'm sorry. You know that that isn't enough? That isn't enough? What does he have to do? Make you turn That's it. <laughs> Wherever you are right there. You got to, you know, keep the wife happy. Happy wife, happy life. All right? <laughs> But that's what it is. His empty words were not enough. It wasn't enough just to say, hey, you know what? I'm sorry. (laughs) And keep going down the same road. It wasn't enough. You see, repentance has an action to it. There's a turning around. It's not just empty words. There's an action that's involved. Hey, I was heading down this path. I confessed my sin to God. I repented and I turned around. I walked away. I ran away from what I was going towards and ran towards God. That's repentance. That's repentance. And just like the guy in the story, it was more than empty words. But there had to be an action involved with it. And this is true as well, that repentance isn't just a one-time thing. I mean, it is to be saved and, 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 and to come into the kingdom of God. But it's not just a one time thing. We should strive to live a life of repentance. Living a life of repentance, quick to repent from our sins, to turn away from them. I mean, sin leads to death. We figured that one out yet? I have. Sin leads to death, and I still choose it sometimes. We all do. But we have to be quick to understand that, hey, I'm headed down this road. I don't want to go down this road. And repent and turn. Confess and turn. See, it's not a bad thing. It's for our good. It's not to put us into submission by God and to hold it over our head and say, ha, 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 ha. No. It's for our good. Repentance is for our good. And so we should strive to have a lifestyle of repentance every day, quick to repent Got a little video I want to
1: show. Think God can't use you? Think he only uses perfectly qualified people? Take a closer look. Moses was not a great speaker. Jonah ran from God. Jacob was a liar. Noah got drunk. Rahab was a prostitute. David had an affair. Jeremiah was depressed, a lot. Solomon was rich in wisdom, but poor in lifestyle. John the Baptist was just plain poor. Timothy was too young. Abraham was too old. Lazarus was dead. Sarah was barren. Naomi was a widow. Gideon and Thomas both doubted. And so did Sarah. Peter lacked self-control. James and John were self-righteous. Paul had a short fuse. Well, so did Peter and Moses. Actually, lots of people did. God's army isn't perfect. It never has been. It's the March of the Unqualified. Get in line.
0: All right. Amen. Well, what you see in that video, and I wanted to play it for one reason, is you see a bunch of people that we read about today and we think about how great they were and what God did with them and did with their lives. You see, why was that possible? Why did that happen? Because they lived, they had a lifestyle of repentance. You you saw in the video, they made mistakes. They did things that were not right. They were not perfect. There was only one perfect person to ever live. These people were not perfect. And it's easy sometimes, you know, 2,000, however many years it's been, and look back and go, man, they just had it all figured out. And they knew just what, you know. No, they're just like us they're just like us we make mistakes we do things that we're ashamed of and that we don't understand why we do sometimes but but here's the point i want to drive to drive drive home right now is that it was their lifestyle of repentance that kept them available to do what god was calling them to do a lifestyle of repentance it's not just a one-time thing no it's a lifestyle God's goodness. You see, this is what Romans 2 and verse 4 says. It says, don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? One translation actually says that it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. Repentance is not a bad thing. It's not and and here's what you need to pick up out of that scripture is that it's not the anger of God. It's not the wrath of God. God's not upset, rather it says that it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. You see all of God's wrath, all of God's anger was poured out one time. It's poured out on Jesus on the cross. And so now it's not his anger or his wrath or anything like that that leads us to repentance. He's not mad at us. It's his kindness. He loves us. It's his goodness. It's his goodness. And that helps me understand it, that I'm not running to an angry God, that I'm not running to a God who's going to be mad at me and tell me all the things that I've done wrong, but rather I'm running to a kind and good God. That when I turn from my sin and the road that I was heading down, and I turn back around, all I see is kindness and goodness. That's the God we serve. And we got to put him in his proper uh, perspective. Sometimes we get this view of God, and it's like, I, I do too. That he's angry, that he's mad, that he's, he doesn't like, you know, me. And it's not true. But rather, it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. His kindness. You see, and this next part is repentance leads us to acceptance. Repentance, true repentance, leads us to acceptance. Leads us to acceptance. And when I say acceptance today, here's what I want us to understand is that we accept Jesus and who he is into our lives, and then in return, Father God accepts us. You see, so it's two ways here, that I have a choice to make, that I accept who Jesus Christ is, accept who he is, and then in return, God accepts me, and every day we have a choice to do this. We have a choice, and this is what I want to uh, tell you this morning, is that the acceptance of Christ qualifies us to receive God's full acceptance on a daily basis. The acceptance of Christ qualifies us to receive God's full acceptance on a daily basis. Every day we have a choice to make, though. Just like repentance, it's not a one-time thing. Every day we have a choice. Am I going to accept Christ? And what he says about this situation Or I'm going to do the the exact opposite. You see, we're all tempted to sin. We're all tempted to talk behind that person behind their back. We're all tempted to look at that thing. We're all tempted to get angry. We we are tempted day in and day out. We just are. But we always have a choice to make. Either we can do it, or we can accept who Christ is in our life right there. We have a choice to make. You see, and then our repentance, it leads us to the acceptance our repentance. And I find I'm I'm getting better. I would like to say that I'm getting better at that in my life, but I don't know if it's true sometimes. But how do you know the grace of God is a good thing? It is a good thing. Where would we be without it? Not here. We wouldn't be sitting in church on Sunday morning. You see, the grace of God is a good thing. Repentance leads to acceptance. Acceptance is huge. Everyone in this room right now wants to feel and be accepted. Whether that's with people around you, people in your high schools or junior high, people at work, people at the gym, wherever we find ourselves, we, we want to be accepted. We do. We all have a desire to be accepted. But here's the deal. is A lot of us in this room today walk around feeling rejected. Walk around feeling rejected because of what mean people have done to us before. You see, we don't feel accepted. But I'm here to tell you today that, and this is the real churchy thing to say on a Sunday morning, okay? But it's the absolute truth. I want you to grab it. Is that I would rather be accepted by God, who God is, in all his majesty, and all his glory. I would rather be accepted by God... Than accepted by anybody else I mean we do want to have friends And we do want to have good relationships But my, the, the, when, when I know that God the creator of the universe The one who spoke the, All of this into being That when he accepts me There's a boldness that comes with that There's a faith that Rises up on the inside of me Hallelujah. That he is well pleased with me Come on talk to me I love it because there's a boldness that, 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 that comes with that. And sure, we want it for the people who, who are in our lives. We want to feel accepted. But before that, we have to understand that God accepts us. God accepts us. And that is really, really, really good news this morning. That God accepts us. When we repent and when we turn from our wicked and foolish and selfish ways and we run back towards God... He's right there for us. He's standing there. He's like, I was waiting on you, waiting on you. You see, when we accept Jesus in our life, when we accept that, he then in turn, God, accepts us. That's great news. I want to kind of bring us uh, all, all home this morning with a story straight out of the Bible. And I don't think there's a better story to sum this whole thing up. And it's out of Luke 15 and verse 11 through 32. And I'm going to read the whole thing. And so if you're feeling kind of tired, might be, now might be a good time to stand up and do some jumping jacks or whatever you got to do. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, don't do that because then I'll just be distracted. Um, but stay with me, okay? Stay with me. Luke 15, through 32. And we all know, I say we all know, this is the story of the prodigal son. Let's read it. It says, to illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money on wild living. About the time he ran out of money, a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into the field to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home, even the hired servants have food enough and to spare. And here I am, dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and I will say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father, and and while he was still a long ways off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to his father, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet, and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with the feast, for this son of mine was dead, and now he has returned to life. He was lost, But now he was found, and so the party began. The party began. I chose this interpretation of the Bible because it pointed out that they partied. I don't know about you, but I like to party. (laughs) They partied. They were excited. It wasn't just like, oh, come in, here we go. welcome back. No, they, they, they partied. They threw down. They partied. Let me finish up the rest of the story. It says, meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house, and he asked one of the servants, what's going on? Your brother is back, he was told, and your father has killed the fatted calf. We were celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him, But he replied, All these years I've slaved for you, never once refused to do a single thing you told me to do. All in all, that you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when his son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, and uh, you celebrate by killing the fatted calf, his father said to him, Look, dear son, you have always stayed by me. And everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost and now he's found. It's a beautiful story. That's the story of you and I in this room today. That is our story. And, and, and there's, there's not a better one that, that, that could sum up what it is that we've talked about today, about the repentance and the acceptance that we find after that. That this guy, this son experienced that and God wants that for each one of us. He wants that exact same thing for each one of us. And some of us have uh, 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 been saved and, and, and become a Christian and we've experienced it. And, but then there's others in the room who, who really aren't sure about this whole thing. And God wants you to experience that today. And you may be even sitting in your seat and you're like, well, I'm really not that bad so I don't know what you're talking about. Well, we're all pretty bad. Not just like pretty bad, but really bad. We're in need of a Savior. We're in need of Jesus Christ in our life. So I want to point out three things this morning um, that talk about repentance and acceptance. Just to pull from and kind of just walk through with. Number one is this. The son gets honest with himself and he comes to his senses. Luke 15 verse 17. It says, when he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough in despair, and here I am dying of hunger. You see, we have to get honest with ourselves. We have to get honest with ourselves. Where are we in our lives? Where, where, where am I in my life right now? What decisions am I making? Where am I? It's a good question to ask. Are we doing what God has called us to do? You see, we have to come to our senses. And really look at the situation and say, don't sugarcoat it anymore and just really find out where you are. This is what the young man had to do. He had to come to his senses. And he had to realize that he was on a pig farm. And he was feeding the pigs. And the pig food looked good from where he had come from. He had fallen so far. So he had to get honest with himself. He had to, he had to come to a, to a census. And some of us in this room were like, well, well, I, I, I don't know if I can identify with that extreme of a story. Well, there's a, there's, there's a certain part in each one of our lives in here this morning that can identify with that. That we are in need to repent and to return to God. And accept Jesus Christ in that situation so that God can accept us. We're in need. Are we living a life that is pleasing to God? Does my life, does your life, bring pleasure to God when he looks at it? That's a question. That's a question that gets me thinking. Because a lot of times, or I say a lot, sometimes I can look at my life and I can think, that brought no pleasure to God. But other times I can look and say, yeah, that's really pleasing to God. But overall, is our life pleasing to God? We have to ask these questions to ourselves. You see, when I was in college, I remember the day I got dropped off in college, and, and it was a good day. Parents drove me to, to um, where I was going to go to school, and I was going to play basketball there. And uh, they dropped me off, and my dad cried like a baby. That was awesome. I mean, you know, I love him. But then my mom, well, I just knew he loved me, you know. Like, he wasn't a real big crier. Back then he wasn't. Now he is. Um, but, but it, when he started crying, I was like, oh, he loves me. Awesome. Um, and then my mom told me that when they left, you know, he cried for, like, the, another two hours. I was like, he must really love me. Wow. No, but I remember when they dropped me off and, and um, you see, I had been raised to love Jesus and love, love the church. I had. When I got to college, I mean, there's a little freedom that goes on when you're, like, four and a half, five hours away from your parents. They can't exactly stop in and check on you. And so, so when I got there, I experienced this freedom. With that freedom, I went crazy. And, and, and the party life and all those things, the girls, everything, like I just totally dove just head, head just into it. And I was having a lot of fun. And it was going, and my dad would call me, and on a Sunday morning, he'd be like, Hey, how was church? And I'd be like, Oh, it was great. What would the pastor talk about? <laughs> you know, whatever. And I'd, but, I'd, but I would feed him just lies. I mean, I really would. I sense, well, I'll get to that part. But, but I really would that I was, uh, you know, I dove into this thing where I, where I came from and where I was were two different, different things. So much less than what God wanted for me. And so one day I had to get honest with myself whenever some things fell apart. I had to get honest with myself, and I had to really look at my situation and where I was in life, and I had to come to my senses. Okay, this is where I am. I don't want to be here. How do I get out of here? And so, so, so I had to make some, some tough decisions. You know, I had to repent to, to God and come to my senses. And everything that that entails, had to tell my dad about it. That wasn't fun. You see, that, 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 that isn't the fun part. That when we, that, that, number one, we have to come to our senses and really just figure out where we are. Really just figure out where we are. We have to come to that place. Number two is this, the son repents in Luke 15, 18, and 19. It says, I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both you and heaven, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. We have to come to a place of repentance. After we, after we diagnose the situation and we figure out where we are, we have to come to a place of repentance to God and saying, God, I've messed it up, but today I'm choosing to turn around. Today I'm choosing to turn around. I'm, turn, I'm turning from my selfish desires, my lustful thoughts, all of those things, this, the, the sin, I'm turning from it today and I'm running back towards you. We have to do that. You see, the the son had to do that. He had to run back to his father. You see, the choices that I was making in college, where, where were they leading? They were leading to death. That's what sin leads to, is to death. And so I had to get honest, and I had to repent. I had to repent, number one, to God, like I said. But number two, I had to repent to my dad. Because I was being very dishonest with him, him and my mom. I had to tell them the truth. I had to repent to them. You see, James 5, 16 says this, confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. I had to get honest with him. I knew I could repent to God, but then there was like another, you know, that's between me and God. But then I knew I had to repent to my mom and dad as well. I was being dishonest with them and they needed to know. Why? Not so that they could, you know, ground me or whatever they do to a kid in college. Not for that i needed to be free from this thing i needed to repent i needed to shine the light on it this thing that was hiding in the dark was eating me up it was killing me it was leading me on a road i didn't want to go down so i had to be honest i had to repent to god and i had to repent to my parents i had to confess my sins i had to turn and i had to make a decision to walk away to run back towards god number three is this the father's reaction In this story, in this wonderful story we just read, is pure acceptance. You see, we had to diagnose the situation. We had to come to our senses. Then we had to repent for and run back to God. And then what do we find along the way when we run back to God? God running towards us. God running back towards us. This is what it says. It says, his son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to his servants, Quick! Quick! Bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the fatted calf. We must celebrate a feast for a son of mine was dead and now he's returned to life. He was lost but now he is found and so the party began. You see, it's pure acceptance. When we turn around from our wicked ways and we run back to God and we receive who Jesus Christ is, the Father is sitting there. He's not, oh, excuse me, he's not even sitting there. He is running back towards us. That's what we find in this scripture. He's not even waiting for us to get there. That his acceptance is so pure and so good towards us that when we make that decision to turn and repent, he says, Come on, let's go, let's do this. His acceptance for us is there. And so I really feel like in the room, there's some people who have done some things and maybe live in a lifestyle that you're like, Hey, I don't know if God can ever forgive me for this. And I want to tell you today that he can, that he can. We just have to repent and turn from it, and he accept us, accepts us fully. That's who he is. He's a loving God. It doesn't even make sense in our minds sometimes. Sometimes we know that God accepts us but, or, or, or forgives us, but it's hard for us to forgive ourselves, right? We carry that along with us. Well, just forgive yourself this morning. I know it's a lot easier than it sounds, but that's what God does for you. He forgives and he accepts you see, the, the son came back with a, with a speech in his hand. You know, like he was ready to give his dad the, the good. You know, he was like, I prepared a speech to tell him how much I love him. And maybe in this note or in this speech it will convince him to love me back. So the son, he comes running and he launches into this, to the first part of his speech. You, you see that? When this actually takes place. He launches into the first part of the speech. And he doesn't even get to the, get, get to the end where, where, where he gets to ask his dad, to be a hired servant because his dad cuts him off. And what does he start doing? He still starts telling people, get ready, we're partying. Go get a ring, go get some sandals, kill a fatty calf. We're about to throw down in here because I accept him and I love him. See, he thought he was coming back just to be a hired servant. But God says, you're not a hired servant, you're a son and a daughter. This morning, that's what it is. So repent and <laughs> accept would you bow your heads with me? Lord Jesus, we, we thank you for this morning. And God, I, 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 I just thank you for the good news of Jesus Christ. Lord, that I was heading for a, a place of disaster and death, and you totally interrupted me. And I turned around and ran straight towards you. So I pray that this morning that the people uh, here at Livespring would uh, would realize that, Lord Jesus, that the people who are struggling, the people who never maybe even have made that commitment or repented and accepted Jesus in their life, Lord, I pray that today would be that day. Right now, even in this moment. Lord, you're so faithful to us, even when we don't deserve it. With every head bowed and every eye closed, uh, I want to ask a question. I just want you to get honest with yourself and get honest with God this morning. That If if you're in this room and you say, you know what, Pastor Adam, I've never accepted uh, Jesus Christ into my life to be the Lord and the Savior of my life. Well, I I would tell you this, that there's no better time or place to do it than here and right now. That this is it. So if you want to make that, if you want to accept Jesus into your life, And feel the loving embrace of the Father. I want you just to raise your hand right now if there's anybody in this room. Anybody. Maybe you're in this room right now and and you say, you know, I I have accepted Jesus, but there's areas in my life where I'm kind of denying Him and I'm running headfirst towards sin. And you say that this morning I want to repent for that. Would you raise your hand? Amen. Amen I'm just going to pray, Jesus, you see the hands? I ask right now that you would just touch the hearts of the people, Father, that you would show them that you're not a mean God and it's not your anger or your wrath that leads us to repentance, but it's your kindness and it's your goodness. I pray that we'd get a hold of that this morning and that it's your kindness and your goodness that leads us to repentance, and that when we do repent. That you totally open up your arms, God, and you accept us. You accept us, not based on anything we've done, but solely based on the work of Jesus Christ. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.